are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Delighted to have a guest in our pulpit this morning. Pastor Rick is away at a conference of um, pastors of large Nazarene churches, and this is kind of an annual Sunday for him to be gone. But Dr. Randall Spindle, Randall is no stranger to this church. This is kind of his home church growing up and has been uh, pastoring Westminster Presbyterian Church for a number of years, recently retired from there. And we're delighted to have Randall with us this morning. And we're also delighted to have, it's this is Spindle Day, actually, Spindle family. Richard Spindle will read scripture for us. Richard is retired uh, president of Mid-American Nazarene College, so they're going to tag team this morning, I believe, in some way. But uh, Dr. Spindle, come and read the word for us today. Reading from Matthew chapter 2. This is the story of the twelfth day of Christmas, which happened this week. And many of you took your Christmas decorations down on or about that day. It's also the story of the arrival of the Magi. Hear the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet Micah, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, Bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country, for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and say, stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Out of Egypt I call my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was being deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all male children who were in Bethlehem, in all its districts 
from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. God whispers at us through our blessings. God talks to us through our hopes. God shouts at us through our fears. This morning, standing in harm's way, we think about trust in the one who is with us throughout life, shall we pray. Well, Lord, I pray that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our Savior. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. It has been 25 years ago this week that we became involved in war in the Middle East. It was on the 17th of January in 1991 that President Bush began Operation Desert Storm to free the people of Kuwait from the oppressive invasion of Saddam Hussein of Iraq. And as the soldiers moved in to capture the first city in Iran, or Iraq, which was the city of Basra, they were all given decks of cards, and on those cards were the names of the people they were to look for, including the Ace of Spades, which was Saddam Hussein, the Ace of Clubs, which was his son Kuday, and the ace of diamonds, which was his other son, Hussein. These were who they were looking for as these brave young men and women went into harm's way. But little did they know that as they came to the city of Basra, they were coming to the very beginning of the Christian story. For there Abraham had left his people 2,000 years before Christ. It was near Basra that the three wise men came as they journeyed from the east to Jerusalem and to Bethlehem, looking for this one who had been born as the king of light. And it was from this road that all roads led from there to the Holy Land. The last leg of this great highway, 700 miles, was called the King's Highway. And that would be the highway that Jesus and his mother and father would take as Jesus sought 
and his parents sought for him to save him after Herod had pronounced death on all the children of his land. That road was called the King's Highway. Now, the road in front of this church is called 39th Street or Route 66, but its first name after the city was platted by its founders was called the King's Highway. And so with a little bit of history, we stop to think about the story of Christmas. Most of you have put away your Christmas gifts, I presume, and your Christmas uh, ornaments, because Christmas is a very warm and beautiful time of the year, very idyllic, very pastoral, very loving, very family-oriented. But there's a part of the Christmas story you will never see performed in a Christmas children's carol, and that is the story we read today about the killing of the children by uh, King Herod. This story is a frightful and fearful one uh, because it taps upon the fears of the people who realized that the birth of Jesus was going to bring a sword to those who lived in ancient Israel. Now, there were two jobs in ancient Israel. One was the job at night of the watchman. The other was the job of shepherds. They were out at night while others were sleeping, making sure that the community was safe. And it was in that context that the angels, when they appeared at the birth of Jesus, were filled, as the Bible says, with great, terrible fear. And the angels said to them, fear not. Those words are recorded 366 times in the Bible. Fear not. One for every day in the year. Because there's something every day for you to fear. Because the distance between you and harm can sometimes be very close. There's all sorts of things that we hear that make us fear. This morning we heard spoken the words of HIV. That brings great fear to us as we think about the destructive power of viruses. For those who live in Oklahoma, an F5 tornado, or for those who receive a call from their friends and they hear the word cancer or dementia. And of all the words that strike terror in our hearts and fear, one that is closely allied with the biblical story is the word refugee or homeless person. And in this story, everyone was a refugee are homeless. Even the rich magi who had come from the east were homeless because they were looking for Jesus, the child born of Mary. And of course, Jesus and his parents were homeless temporarily because there was no room in the inn and because they were staying in a stable when the Christ child was born. And now, for those of us today who live in the year 2015, it is striking, 2016, that uh, part of what we see today is the shaping of an election of which one of the key issues is going to be what we, do we do with the refugees? What do we do with those who knock at our door seeking help, seeking hope? It is an intense problem. God had spoken through a star to the Magi, but he spoke through a dream to Joseph and told him of Herod's horrific plot to murder all the children, and therefore he should take his family 
and flee by the King's Highway, this great route in which all armies and all conquerors and all traitors had moved, and take his family to Egypt. Now, Egypt from Israel was the distance from here to, let's say, Amarillo, Texas. Can you imagine taking a donkey and in inclement weather, moving your family, homeless, refugees, to a foreign country, knowing that along the way you would face floods, scorching sand dunes, and dangerous boulders behind which would be perhaps hiding robbers or villains, wild animals, a desert that at night crawled with the sounds of snakes and scorpions, and you were going to be taking your newborn son and his mother on that trip. And if you survived the trip, if you survived it, when you got to Egypt, what kind of reception would you have? For the people of Egypt had enslaved your ancestors, would they treat you the same? And while Jesus was gone, the great infanticide, the killing of the children occurred. The scriptures make it particular so that when you hear the name Ramah, where the killing of all the males of two years and under began, you not only think of the killing of the firstborn of Egypt back in the days of the Exodus, but you also remember and think about the killing of innocent children anywhere, anytime, by any means, as we weep and mourn for those who are most vulnerable when they come into harm's way. He killed the children. And when you say Ramah in the Bible, it's like saying Sandy Hook or Columbine. It's like saying Paris or Oklahoma City, an act of incredible violence that took the lives of innocent people. Herod was ready and willing and able to do that, and he did. But the one child he wanted was not there. That child was safe. This was the child of destiny and the child of promise. But what about those children who were killed because they might have been the Christ child? Well, in a sense, they were all Christ's children. That is why the writer of Psalms chapter 58 says these wonderful words, God stores our tears in a bottle, and someday he will redeem us and redeem the suffering and the pain of the world. There was a woman in a nursing home here in Oklahoma City who was a mealmate of my mother, who died three years ago, in this local nursing home. And the woman never spoke. She had a distinctively European look and flavor about her, but I was never able to ferret out her story until one day when I was sitting with my mother at noon, I began to talk to a woman I will call Holda. That is not her name. She was Croatian from Eastern Europe, and she had escaped Croatia back at the time that the Nazis had swept south into Yugoslavia in 1943. Her brother was a part of the resistance, and the Nazis were looking for him to kill him. But since they could not find him, they called Holda, who at that time had a four-year-old girl. And in trying to find out where her brother was, which she did not know. These ghastly modern-day Herods 
killed her child before her eyes, tortured her, and killed her. And as Hulda in broken English told me the story, I sat quiet with no appetite as I saw the pain inflicted on the life of this mother who could do nothing to stop the tyranny of those who wanted to take the life of the most innocent. Well, for Christ, the story turns out well in the short run. He did return home. He was safe. He did grow to be a man. He did begin a ministry. He did preach the story of the good news. He did live out the gospel. But at the end of his life, the shadow of those three magi cast their long penumbra over the hill of Calvary. For there, at his death, he could only remember the three gifts that were brought to him. The gift of gold, the gift of frankincense, and the gift of myrrh. You know what the first one is. You like to receive gifts made out of gold. But the last two, not so much a part of our giving tradition. For to give in modern day frankincense and myrrh would be to give to a child a jar of alcohol and a jar of formaldehyde, embalming fluids. For that was the shadow cross the manger. It was the symbol that this child was born to die so that all children might be born to live. And today, as we come to this holy table, which is the longest table in the world, I know that because I heard this morning that it stretches even to Swaziland and binds us all together in a community of hope. And this is the tallest table in the world, for it reaches to the very edge of heaven and brings salvation down to us. But it's also the lowest table in the world because it is so low that even the simple ones, the little ones who come in faith, will be received by God. And it's the most precious one, for it was on this table that Jesus Christ gave himself as a sacrifice for many. In a former church where I pastored, there was a young girl. Her name was Corey. Her mother was Cassie. Father had left them. They were alone. And while not destitute, were very modest. Little Corey wanted to play the piano, and finally her mother was able to save up enough from her part-time job to buy them an old spinet piano to go in their home. And when she produced the piano a number of years ago, she said to her daughter, Corey, this is going to be the best Christmas of all. And Corey looked up at her mother and said, I hope not. I'm only eight years old. <laughs> when you're eight years old, you want there to be better Christmases to come. And as you and I stand in harm's way, and we have and we will, not only at the time of our own death, but at times in which those we love suffer unjustly, those we care about are in dire straits. As we stand there, we think about the one who came as a sacrifice for sinners slain and whose broken body today 
we celebrate the gift of God's eternal love. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless streets the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hope and fears of all the years are rest in thee tonight. Shall we prepare to receive the elements from Christ's hands? Should you stand, please? And on the night in which he was betrayed by the kiss of a friend, our Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had blessed it, he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. In the same manner, he took the cup and said, this is the covenant of my blood shed for you. And as often as you drink of this cup and eat of this bread, you do remember me until I come. Let us receive the gift of Christ, the people of God. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what you want from me. Two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you discover why you were born. And for this reason were you born, that Christ might be born again 
in you, the body of Christ. the blood of our Savior. Amen. You may be You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.